Hello, welcome back to the Barefoot Books Podcast. In this Swahili story, a doting husband goes on a dangerous quest to find a magic claw. After the story, go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete Fabrics of Fairy Tale collection. This is the story of the cloth of the serpent of Pimbe Murui, a Swahili story about a magical fabric. Once in a small village, there lived a young woman called Fatima, who was married to Amadi the merchant. Amadi loved his wife more than anything else in the world, and there was nothing he would refuse her. As he went about his work, trading and selling his wares, he would think about returning to the village in the evening and being greeted by Fatima's warm, welcoming smile. Amadi was a happy man and there was nothing he liked more than to lavish gifts upon Fatima. Fine silks, intricate beadwork, jewels, gold and silver. Beauty for my beauty, he would say. Soon the other women in the village grew jealous of Fatima. They looked at her fine clothes and her golden bracelets, and their lips would draw tight. They would sneer at her jewels and say, Fatima! That gold is of poor quality, and those jewels are only glass. That cloth you wear, it is nothing compared to the cloth of the serpent of Pembe Murui. What is the cloth of the serpent Pembe Murui? asked Fatima. The cloth of the serpent of Pembe Murui? Why, it's the most beautiful cloth in the world. It is so finely woven, the design so intricate, and the colours so brilliant and alluring. If your husband truly loved you, he would fetch you this, the rarest fabric a woman can have. At first, Fatima ignored the other woman's whisperings, but each day they spoke the same poisonous words, until her poor heart was filled with sadness and a longing for the fine cloth. Amadi noticed Fatima's sadness. Fatima, why is it that you look so gloomy? he asked. Ah! Amadi, you have given me many fine presents, but I can only be sure of your love if you fetch me the cloth of the serpent of Pimbi Murui. Fatima, I do not know where to start searching for such a thing. Nevertheless, to assure you of my love, I shall find it for you. That very evening, Amadi prepared for his journey. He took food and counted fifty rupees into his belt. Early the next morning, just as the sun was creeping over the horizon, he set out. He walked from village to village and city to city. In the crowded marketplaces and on the dusty streets, he would ask the whereabouts of the cloth of the serpent of Pembe Murui. But each time, the people he asked would simply shake their heads and turn away. Amadi's heart grew heavy and he began to imagine that he would never find the cloth of the serpent of Pembe Murui. Then one day, he came upon a poor old woman sitting on the step of a small hut. She was stooped over with age, her wrinkled bony hands clasped together on her lap. "'Good morning, old woman,' greeted Amadi. "'Good morning,' replied the old woman. "'Could you spare a coin for an old woman on your way to the market?' Ah, mother, sighed Amadi, squatting down beside the old woman. If only I was going to the market. 
That would be an easy thing. But my journey is longer than that. He handed the old woman a coin from his belt. Tell me about your journey, said the old woman, fingering the shiny coin. I'm looking for the cloth of the serpent of Pembe Marui to present to my beloved wife, Amadi replied. The old woman gave a crooked smile. The cloth of the serpent of Pembe Marui. I could help you there. She gave a clap, and from the hut came a sleek black cat, walking on its hind legs and carrying a bag under its arm. The old woman turned to the cat. See this man, she said. He needs the cloth of the serpent of Pembe Marui. You must show him the way and be his travelling companion. Amadi stared at the cat. The cat straightened its whiskers and gave a nod to the old woman. Remember, said the old woman, turning to Amadi, whatever you ask, ask three times. Amadi thanked the old woman for her advice and set off down the road. The sleek black cat trotted alongside him. At each crossroad they reached, the cat would give a swing of its tail and lead Amadi ever onwards. It wasn't long before Amadi and the cat came upon a huge serpent. Its body stretched across the road. The serpent was asleep. Dark scales rippled up and down its body as the sleeping breath passed with a loud purr through its cavernous hairy nostrils. Amadi's heart was pounding with fear. He stepped forwards and with a quaver in his voice addressed the sleeping serpent in almost a whisper. Are you the serpent of Pemba Murui? Another great breath rippled along the serpent's body, but the creature made no response. Amadi looked anxiously towards the cat. Then he remembered the words of the old woman. Whatever you ask, ask three times. Amadi repeated his question twice more, each time a little louder. Are you the serpent of Pembe Marui? And as he spoke for the third time, one of the huge scaly eyelids lifted and a bright orange eye fixed upon him. The serpent replied three times, No, I am not Pembe Marui. Although very frightened, Amadi felt his heart sink. But the sleek black cat just gave a swing of its tail and continued along the road. So Amadi followed. A little further on, they came across a tall spreading tree. Its branches were bare and curled about its trunk was a two-headed grey serpent with two thickly spiked tails. Again Amadi approached the serpent and asked three times, Are you the serpent of Pembe Marui? And again the serpent replied three times, No, I am not Pembe Marui. On the banks of a great river, Amadi and the cat found a three-headed red serpent whose voice crackled and spat, but neither was this the serpent Pembe Marui. Basking in the hot sun, coiled about a large rock, was a four-headed orange serpent whose heads replied in unison, No, I am not Pembe Marui. Nor was the five-headed yellow serpent that lay in a great nest of bones and feathers. Three times Amadi chanted to the blue six-headed serpent the question, 
Are you the serpent Pembe Marui? Although the serpent was larger and more hideous than the previous five, it shook its six heads. No, I am not Pembe Marui. Amadi hung his head. The day was drawing to a close, and his feet felt as heavy as large river stones wedged in the mud. Pointing to a thicket of trees, Amadi called to the cat. Let us rest here tonight. As Amadi and the cat entered the sunless thicket, ahead of them they saw an enormous golden serpent with seven heads. Its seven tails were coiled into seven spirals, and its body glowed like the sun itself. Amadi placed his hand on his sword and called out three times. Tell me, serpent, are you Pembi Marui? The great monster lifted up its seven heads, and all fourteen eyes bore down upon Amadi as it boomed in reply. I am Pembi Marui. The ground beneath the Mardi shook as the serpent arched its body. The seven tails snapped straight and the seven heads swooped and dived. The sleek black cat called to Amadi, who stood there trembling. Do not move, Amadi, or it will strike you. Be on your guard. Amadi stood silent and as still as a statue. The serpent reared up on its seven tails and lunged down upon Amadi, hissing and spraying poisonous venom. Amadi leapt to one side, pulling his sword from his belt, and with a rapid swing sliced cleanly through one of the serpent's heads. The serpent recoiled, with a scream that brought the birds down dead from the sky. The sleek black cat sprung forwards, and dodging between the pools of venom that lay on the ground, snatched up the serpent's lost head and placed it in the bag. Again Pembi Marui swept down to attack, its twelve remaining eyes blazing with pain and anger. Again, Amadi swung his sword bravely, and two more of the mighty serpent's heads rolled to the ground. The battle continued, the serpent writhing with fury and intent on destroying Amadi. But with each attack, another of the serpent's head was sliced from its body, and the cat would nimbly dodge between the sword and the serpent and retrieve the fallen heads for its bag. Only one of Pembi Marui's heads now remained. As Amadi raised his sword one last time, and brought it down with an almighty swing. The serpent spat from its mouth, a shower of poisonous venom. Amadi leapt out of the way, and the final golden head fell harmlessly to the ground. Amadi ran over to where the dead body of Pembi Marui lay. Reaching inside the serpent's skin, he searched with his hand and pulled out the most exquisite fabric. It shimmered and shone in the dark of the thicket, the woven patterns seemed to ripple through it like water. It was as soft and as smooth as the skin of a newborn child. Yet, despite its softness, the fabric showed no sign of weakness when Amadi pulled it. Amadi wrapped the cloth about him. It covered him from head to foot and had the remarkable effect of keeping him both warm and cool at the same time. When he folded it, it would fit snugly into the palm of his hand. Indeed, it was the most remarkable cloth that Amadi had ever seen. He carefully tucked it into his pocket and turned to face the cat, who was standing waiting for him with its bag under one arm. Amadi followed the sleek black cat along the road, 
and soon they were standing once again outside the old woman's hut. The cat handed the old woman the bag containing the seven heads of Pimbe Marui, and Amadi handed her the coin belt containing the remaining rupees. Amadi thanked the old woman and the cat, but just as he was about to leave, the old woman took his hand and said, Amadi, it is not every day that a man's love should be so tested. Tell your wife to be content. A foolish whim of hers nearly cost her husband's life. And what strength is there in a dead man's love? When Amadi reached home, Fatima greeted him joyously. Hamadi placed the cloth of Pembi Marui into her hands. Fatima was overcome with the beauty of the fabric. She wrapped it about her body and paraded around the house. But when she heard Amadi's tale of the seven-headed serpent, of the dangers he had faced, and the wise words of the old woman, she felt heartily ashamed of her own doubt. Husband, I know the wonder of this cloth is matched by the strength of your love for me. I shall never doubt it again. And from that day forth, and for many years to come, Fatima and Amadi lived happily in the knowledge of each other's abiding love. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers, join our email list, and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.